This is Opinionated. I don't really have a full understanding of it, but that won't stop me from having an opinion. That's why we're here. Join Features Editor Ben Schiller and reporters Anna Batakova and Danny Nelson. You know, crypto is no longer just about money. It's about culture now. He owes too much money to everybody around him. Part of politics and part of sports and part of gaming. And it's not just like the future of money anymore. As they push the conversation further with their own criticisms and reactions to the latest Bitcoin and crypto news from around the world. We are manufacturing narratives left, right and center. Wait, wait, wait. You wanted to be like Charles Hoskinson so much that you bought a piece of clothing? Burn, burn. It is dropping some burns to keep your fireplace warm in the winter. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Hi, everybody. It's December. This is Opinionated, and I'm Ben Schiller, and I'm joined today by Danny Nelson. Danny Pacino, actually. Danny Pacino. What's Pacino? Well, I went down to um, Miami, and I found my final form as Al Pacino and Scarface. Wow. Uh, that's, so that's there pretty, you go. That's pretty good. You look nothing like Al Pacino, by the way. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and, Anna Bedekova, how are you? How's Moscow? Hello. It's complicated. Let's not get into that. Complicated, right? Are you uh, invading uh, Kiev this week? <laughs> I, I hope nobody does. <laughs> Let's get right into it. Wow. No, 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 no. I know it's something to do with you. Let's get back to crypto because that's uh, what we're all interested in here. What's been going on this week? There's been this crazy, crazy Craig Wright trial going on, Danny, which I can't say I fully understand. And I can't fully understand the, the verdict either. It seemed like the uh, trial lawyers were both taking a win out of this one. What's your understanding of it? Well, you know, I don't really have a full understanding of it, but that won't stop me from having an opinion. That's why we're here. We're journalists after all. Oh, absolutely. We are manufacturing narratives left, right, and center. But in this case, I'm not hardly surprised that the trial lawyers are spinning it their own way. Like Because there's no guilty verdict in a civil case such as this, it's hard to say outright who won or lost. I guess you could say it's a mixed verdict in that Craig Wright does not have to hand over 1 million Bitcoin stash that he allegedly holds and has access to, although I don't believe he ever has moved any of it around. So his true ability to access the stash is in question. But he does owe $100 million to the estate of his business partner, David Kleiman. His ex-business. Well, David Kleiman is no longer with us, but yes, his his ex-business partner, David Kleiman, for what I believe is intellectual property violations. Again, I don't know if he's ever going to be able to pay that $100 million, but he's certainly not going to have to hand over the most valuable asset at stake in this trial, which was the 1 million Bitcoin stash, which is a huge sum of money. And you know, this case was interesting because both sides came to the court basically saying, well, Craig Wright is Satoshi, And therefore, we're going to work off of that fact. And so the debate that has raged in crypto for many years now over whether Craig Wright is Satoshi was not really in question here. It was presupposed by both sides. Right. Uh, So while some in the media, the fake news might say, oh, well, court decides that Craig Wright is Satoshi or that he isn't or anything, that really isn't a question that we can come away with this case saying one way or the other. That's really interesting. I, mean, I was really intrigued by the media coverage of this case because it did seem to presuppose, as you were saying, that Craig Wright is indeed Satoshi Nakamoto. I think it really shone a light on the way in which some media outlets are reporting stuff. So I'm thinking particularly of uh, CoinGeek, and this is something that David Morris wrote about very eloquently 
this week. CoinGeek is a site that's owned by Calvin Ayer, who's very much in the Bitcoin cash camp and a big supporter of Craig Wright. And, and they were reporting on the trial and saying very much that this proved that Craig Wright was 100% Satoshi Nakamoto. So I'm just wondering if what is the kind of long-term impact of this trial? I mean, he's supposed to pay $100 million out of it, but it seems like a lot of people are going to come away from this thinking that he is actually uh, Nakamoto, which is like crazy, really. It's a shame that the court did not rule that he had to turn those Satoshi Bitcoin over to his former partner's estate. Because if uh, the court did that, that trial would turn into the who is Satoshi trial. Not because some Twitter people asked him, but because the court asked him who he had to prove he actually controlled those Bitcoin. That would be the moment. And it's funny that he owes that 100 million, which is for some intellectual property. I'm not even sure what was that intellectual property, which could be worth so much. Right. But also, it's funny. He said, I owe my ex-wife more money <laughs> than <laughs> that. I, I now wonder, like, is this man going to file for bankruptcy? Like, he owes too much money to everybody around him. Yeah. Well, he must have plenty of Bitcoin uh, stashed away for himself. I mean, you would think. Cannot do anything to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can't believe after all these years, we're still talking about Craig Wright as kind of the central news figure of the day. It seems like he's had so much uh, coverage and publicity, we should probably just ignore him. Anyway, let's move on to another topic. So Coindesk this week launched its most influential recognition list, which is where we uh, recognize 10 people who defined the year in crypto. And we had some some good people on there and we were rolling that out uh, this week. What did you think of the list, guys? And and you can offend me if you want, because I helped put this together. You know, I bought a, a leather jacket because I thought that, uh, that my Charles Hoskinson stock would soar precipitously. No, I mean, I mean my belief in the man, of course, not in my Cardano tokens. He's I don't, not I, on the list, though. He's not on the list. And so I feel very sad for buying this leather jacket. You know, I, I wanted to impersonate Charles Hoskinson, but without him on the top 10 list, there's no point to my jacket. So yeah, wait, wait, wait. You wanted to be like Charles Hoskinson so much that you like bought a piece of clothing? Well, so I bought the piece of clothing in Lisbon during the Solana conference, and I was hoping my editor, Zach Seward, said, oh, wow, that really looks like the kind of jacket that Hoskinson wore in that <laughs> one photo that you always use. And right. so I, I rode with it. And alas, my tiny Cardano bags of, I think, two tokens that I recently discovered I had on a, like an ancient Binance account, they will not do me any good here. Right. So, uh, so now you have to gr- really grow your hair, Danny, to be yes. like Sam Bankman-Fried, even though I'm, I'm not sure anybody can be like that other than him. You might need to get a much bigger ego as well, Danny, if you want to be Charles, <laughs> Charles Hoskinson. Absolutely. It, it, when we do the reader survey uh, every year for Most Influential, where people get to kind of nominate people, there's always like this clamor to have Charles Hoskinson on the list. He has a very heated following out there, but uh, he has been nominated before, so we can't relist him. So that's why he's not on here, even though he did have a pretty big year, probably. Anyone else jump out to you, uh, Danny or Anna? We had, uh, let me remind you of who's on here, Sam Backman-Fried. We had Gary Gensler. We had Roham Garagozolu, whose name I can never pronounce. Uh, that's the CEO of Dapper Labs. Katie Howne of Andreessen Horowitz, who Anna actually wrote about. Do Kwan of uh, Terra Labs. Cynthia Lummis, who's the Wyoming senator, one of them, very influential in Congress. Jack Mallers, 
who took Bitcoin to El Salvador. Big story of the year. Elon Musk, who can move any market he wants with a single tweet. It was a big Dogecoin aficionado. Then we had Trung Nian Gung, which is my favorite person on the list. It's the CEO and rather unacknowledged brains behind Axie Infinity, which is a uh, play to earn juggernaut in the Philippines and Vietnam. And then finally, we had the Taproot developers. That's the uh, Taproot upgrade to uh, Bitcoin. And we recognized them with a, with a nice profile yesterday. For each of these people, we commissioned a nice artwork and those artworks are now being displayed on our site and also sold as NFTs on uh, various platforms. I think it's really telling that we have several NFT people on that list. Right. And NFT is, you know, really, really rude this year. I don't even know, like comparing to the DeFi hype wave that preceded the NFT hype wave, I don't know which one was bigger, but uh, NFTs excited so many people this year, even those who didn't know about crypto before. That's definitely true. And I was just going to say that I think one of the themes of this year is that you know, crypto is no longer just about money. It's about culture now. And you know, one of the themes of this most influential is that you know, this whole space has kind of enlarged and grown much bigger. And it's been taken up by celebrities and become part of the culture this year and part of politics and part of sports and part of gaming. And it's not just like the future of money anymore. And that really shown through at, in Miami, where I was last week. I did end up going to Art Basel proper the uh, main event uh, that everyone flies out to Miami for in the art world every year. And it really did feel, I mean, of course, I was there for the crypto events. And so those were the types of things I was going to. But it did feel like the, just the, the amount of crypto events really overtook the art basil at the convention center. And crypto and NFTs was omnipresent in Miami. There was even a Tezos had Tezos, which sponsored art basil proper, had one of the single largest booths in the convention center, all dedicated to NFTs, uh, a place where people could interact with uh, a screen and, and mint their first NFT, mm. a little side room where celebrities and big shots could talk about their experience with NFTs. It generated a lot, a really quite a lot of interest. While I was there, I think ABC Nightly News also was there. Wow. Um, filming a segment. There was quite a lot of people filing in and out and a lot of interest in trying to understand what are NFTs and how do they differ from the art world and how do they complement it? You were hanging out with some uh, celebs, I hear. You know, our Mr. Coindesk himself, Michael Casey, had uh, more celebrity FaceTime than I did. But um, I had a couple moments here and there with celebrities who I don't really know who they are, but I'm <laughs> so famous. I, I saw you in, in some, there was some very famous person you were with, Pierre. Um, what's she called? It's famous enough, I guess, not for you to remember her name, but yes. Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm in my 40s. I don't know anything. I'm in my about 20s. Anything. I don't know anything either. I like. You can't even remember her name either. I know. It's Pia Mia. Pia Mia. Um, okay. But I've never heard any of her music. She's very nice, though. She looked very nice, yeah. Danny, that's really fascinating. And I really mean that it's really fascinating. And I'm not just saying it's really fascinating just to kind of get through this podcast. Is it really influential, though? It's really influential. I don't anyway, know about that. Anyway, any listeners to the show should check out The Most Influential because there's some pretty good writing on there and pretty pleased with the artwork and go and buy one of the NFTs as well or at least a bid on them because they're pretty exciting too. And some of the sales of those NFTs will go to charities, so much more important than just accumulating more bags for yourself. Anyway, we're going to wrap this up and it's been a good show. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Anna. We look forward to catching up with you next time. Cool. See you next week, everyone.
You've been listening to Opinionated with Ben Schiller, Anna Batakova, and Danny Nelson. Today's show is produced, announced, and edited by Michelle Mousseau. Our theme music is by Ellison. Have any questions or comments? Please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.